you, you've probably noticed that there is a big emphasis in the New Testament on the Holy Spirit. You ever notice that? Whereas if you compare the Old Testament, you'll find that that's, that, that, that's not the case. Um, the Old Testament had a lot to do with eff- human efforts, and a lot of things were just done in the natural or in the flesh without a supernatural anointing. I mean, we know there were prophets and s- certain individuals that had uh, an anointing and empowerment to act a certain way, but that was rare. I mean, the vast majority of people didn't have that, and they weren't moving in that. It was about their strength and their effort. But uh, now, in the New Covenant, if you read through the New Testament, you'll find over and over there is great emphasis placed on the Holy Spirit in an individual's life and what he's there to accomplish, what he's there to do, and how we are really co-laborers and workers together with him, okay? And so that's why we sh- that's why it's good to have... Uh, meetings like this where we give place intentionally, purposefully to the Holy Spirit, to what He would say, what He would do. You see, it wasn't uncommon in the early churches, you read in the book of Acts, for them to make statements about the Spirit said this, the Holy Spirit said such and such, or He led us here, or told us not to go over here. Uh, There was a lot of talk. They became very familiar with this New Testament advantage that we have, is that we're just not alone worshiping a God far away, but we are indwelt by God Himself. We're possessed, right, (laughs) by the Spirit of God. And, uh, And for us to live not conscious of his presence, and the potential of what that means is a great tragedy, okay? But there are, uh, there are many things, let me give you a few examples, many things that the Spirit of God does in us. The, uh, in fact, the Bible says that we are to be filled with the Spirit. New Testament says we are to be led by the Spirit. We are to be strengthened by the Spirit. We are to be empowered by the Spirit. We are to walk in the Spirit. We are to worship in the Spirit. We are to pray in the Spirit. We are to live in the Spirit. We are born of and by the Spirit. Uh, we, we, we are to speak in the Spirit and speak by the Spirit. These are just a number of examples uh, that the New Testament gives us of, of ways in which we are to conduct our lives. It's all supposed to be Spirit-initiated, Spirit-influenced. He wants to have a major role in our lives. What a tragedy to think uh, that a church could have the Spirit of God leave, not that He's just leaving, you know, but that he, they could have Him leave and they could continue on as if nothing happened. And uh, if that were the case, what does that tell us? It simply tells us, man, we are totally in the flesh. <laughs> we are doing things without the benefit of the inspiration and empowerment and leading and filling and all these things of the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to be caught living my life that way, all right? Uh, it's not just for our church services. 
It's for everything we do in life. As a New Testament believer, we are to be responding and to be in communion with the Spirit of God every day of our lives. There is so much that He wants to say, so much that He wants to do, so much He wants to reveal to you, so much He wants to show you about your future and about His plan, so much He wants to teach us about how to walk in and experience the fullness of His blessing in this time. The Spirit of God has been sent for a reason. And we must recognize the benefits. Now, obviously, the, the contrary to doing all of these things in the Spirit would be to do them in the flesh. All right? To do them, or we could sometimes just say, in the natural or, or not with His power, not with His leading, not with His guiding and strength and, and, and all these things. We just do them naturally um, just out of the outward man. Uh, but it's, um, it's not uncommon for mankind to substitute their plans for God's, to substitute their way of doing things um, for the Spirit of God. For, for Instead of having a God-inspired church, service, or life, they just have a committee. Not that a committee couldn't be inspired, but you know, sometimes those things are substituted for the real and genuine article, the real move of God's Spirit. And uh, we don't want to have just a program of man's design that we substitute for the moving of God's Spirit. All right, look over at Galatians 3 with me. Galatians 3. Anybody free here tonight? Come on, we got the victory. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but there seems to be a tendency in human beings uh, to go with God in the beginning, to have a good start, but then to gradually get away from the Spirit's leading and, and the Spirit's empowerment and the Spirit's involvement in whatever it is about our lives. For, I don't know why this is. Why, why does this happen? But unless attention is given, that's, it's been very common through human history. Okay? And this, it, it, you know the scripture here in Galatians 3, verse 3. It says, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Notice that you begun in the Spirit, but now they're trying to be made perfect by the flesh. They started right, but they're not finishing right. They started with good, uh, um, in, uh, with, with a, uh, the real thing, with the, the genuine article of God doing something in them. But somewhere along the line, they've let flesh take over. And now it's just a fleshly endeavor. Now it's no longer pure. It's been mingled with man's efforts and man's ways. And no longer is it pure, the Spirit of God moving. And uh, again, there's a tendency among people to replace what God starts with what looks the same but lacks power. And that's one of the kings. They look the same on the outside. And many times human beings come up with 
plans and programs and ways of doing things, and they look really good. I mean, you analyze it from the outside, and we're getting better and better at making it look good. (laughs) But so many times there's an emptiness inside. It looks all shiny and nice, but void of power, but void of substance. Come on now, it's like opening that potato chip bag. It's like, there's only three chips in here. (laughs) You looked at it, and it was nice and puffy, and, you know, you thought, oh, good. Let's Let's not let that be said about our lives, about our relationship with God, about our service to the Lord, about all that we do in Him, that it has a good brochure. It's got a good description. We talk about it, but you get in there, not much is happening. It's just kind of a life void of true relationship and the real issue, the genuine article. And so we know this, uh, we can see this through some of our our church history, that there have been many, uh, many of our denominations around the world. They started with great power. They had a move of God. People were saved and healed and filled with the Spirit, and just amazing things happen. Uh, but some of them today, not all, but some of them today are just absolutely void of power. They're just, it's just dead. It's just dryness. It's just there's not a move of God. People aren't being born again. Some of them, some of them have substituted you know, a lot of other things for the Word of God. They no longer preach the truth. They've backed away. And why is that? It started so good. You know, sometimes we we say, you know, if the founder saw this, they'd roll over in their grave. <laughs> you know, you know, they're not actually in a grave, but, you know, I mean, it would be so sad. I mean, uh, if, if the Lord tarries his coming and Life Church is here 200 years from now, you know, and, and it has expanded and, you know, built things around the world and influenced a lot of lives, and if I could look down from heaven... I, I could say I sure would hope that it looks a lot like it does today, except better, you know, increase in many ways, but not to where it just became so program-oriented and so planned out that God was no longer able to move. People weren't getting saved and healed. Altar calls were wimpy. <laughs> well, if anyone wants to... Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Or, you know, or I look down and I saw people praying for a sick person and they said, Lord, whatever you want to do. <laughs> I'd be, Lord, let me down there. <laughs> but again, how, how do we avoid these things happening in our lives if, if, if there is at all a tendency of human beings to allow that to happen? Starts off in the spirit, ends up in the flesh. Starts off where it was God directed, anointed, inspired, empowered, and later it's just the flesh. We've let not, we've let our plans take over. Because hmm. how many know sometimes it's uncomfortable doing things by faith, <laughs> right? Whenever you do things by faith, there's an implication there. I don't see it or feel it yet. So the flesh wants to. Grab on, take the reins, be in charge. I want to gravitate towards everything 
I can figure out, I can make happen, I can see, and I can control. When I, when I operate in faith, I'm saying, oh, okay, Lord, here we go. <laughs> I can't do this. I don't know how in the world this is going to happen, but I trust you. I act on your word because I know it's true. And then the Spirit of God begins to do something. That's why we've got to live always. Yeah? If you're 20 years old, if you're 15 years, if you're 80 years old, 110. I guess someone was on TV that was 115. It still works the same way. We still walk by faith and not by sight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, too often what's happened, I think, is we've learned and we've planned everything out to a T. And, uh, and we don't give enough room for God to step in and move. And we've got to have that freedom for God to move. And uh, sometimes people have attempted to replicate what they've seen happen in the past. In other words, well, God moved in this particular time. When they got to this part of the song, God broke out. When they played that note or when this person sang or when this happened, that's when God moves. And so it's almost like they wrote it down in the margins. God moves at 7.30 when this song is playing <laughs> or when this note is played. And so what happens is, uh, you know, people try to reproduce that. They try to say, okay, as soon as that happens, we're going to do the same thing we did then. Or when I, I was in a service and I was standing right here and I got prayed for, I fell out under the power. The power of God coursed through me. I had two visions and, 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 uh, and great things happened. So the next time they want to get in that same place. They want to try to make it happen just like it happened before. They become superstitious. And really what we're doing is trying to re, re, reproduce what happened in the spirit in the flesh. And that's just not the way it works. You know, at every, at every time when we get to this place, that's when it's time to prophesy. Well, well no, it's time to prophesy when the Lord speaks. <laughs> you know, it's time to do certain things when the Lord moves that way. And He could do it at any time if we'd be open. But we can't just make things happen. And that's some of the, that's some of the challenge, I think, for some of us. Because we're, I mean, I'm this way. I'm an aggressor when it comes to the things of God. I'm not going to be passive, and I teach that way. Don't be passive and sit back and let the devil run you over. Come on, let's take our stand and be aggressive. Let's take the sword of the Spirit and start swinging. Amen. Okay, so that approach is good and right, but how many know in the midst of whatever is going on in your life or in a church service, sometimes what's needed is patience. Because if we're standing here and, and, and just... Praising the Lord, and there is no word from God. What do you do? Well, what happens with some is they make one up. See, and this is how things start gravitating towards the flesh. If nothing's happening, well, we've got to make it happen. Someone, I just got to run or something. Well, all you're doing is getting exercise <laughs> and pouring a bucket of cold water on the service. If it's not inspired of the Spirit. And that's what we should all be looking for. In our lives, in our personal prayer times, of course, when we gather together in a believer's meeting, what are we looking for? Inspiration. Lord, what, what, what would you have us to do today? What, what would you lead us to do? Should we shout? Should we cry? Should we lay on the, should, should we bow our knee and, you know, lay prostrate before you? What should we do? And we're looking for inspiration from God. 
instead of trying to reproduce or just make what happened before happen again. Amen. And so in many ways, in many areas, those are the things that we've got to uh, be aware of. And uh, just because last time the Spirit of God started to move, you know, one person cried and one person laughed and <laughs> someone else danced and someone else sang a new song to the Lord. And uh, again, let's not make any one of those. And, oh, good, all fine. doesn't mean anything. we make any one of those the pinnacle of our worship time. No, none of those happen to happen. Those things don't have to happen all the time. Look over at Acts, Acts 16. All right, this is good. Lord's blessing us here, helping us. Helping us to walk in freedom and stay in freedom. Live in the spirit-filled life. Thank you, Lord. So, amen. If there's no anointing to do a certain thing a certain way, what do you do? You just, you wait. You wait on the Lord. You, you believe His Word. And, uh, and you let the Spirit of God move on. What if you need an answer for something? You're praying about a decision to make. You're saying, Lord, what do I do? And you don't, you're just not getting anything. It's not clear. Can I tell you? You wait. And that's sometimes one of the hardest things on the flesh. Flesh doesn't want to wait. Let me wait. I've been waiting 10 minutes already. <laughs> Lord, I've been praying for, you know, 10 minutes. <laughs> we laugh about that, but that's true a lot of times. We didn't wait any longer than that. We just, Lord, I prayed about it. I prayed in tongues, didn't get anything. And uh, come on, man. If the Lord hasn't said anything yet, maybe there's a reason. Maybe it's just our the quietness of our mind. Maybe we just need to settle so we can hear. But maybe He hadn't just hadn't told you yet. Maybe He's going to see, wait and see what you're going to do. See if you're just going to jump out and get ahead of Him without waiting. What is that called? F L. <laughs> That's called getting in the flesh. You're trying to jump out and do something for God or do something with His blessing on it, do something that's financed and empowered and strengthened by Him, but you wouldn't wait on Him. And so He lets you go ahead and do it on your own. <laughs> Enjoy. That's why it, you know, sometimes you've got to wait on His time. Lord, when are you going to give me the go-ahead? When are you going to give me the clear... Uh, clear direction here to move forward. I just think this is interesting in Acts 16. Uh, yeah, verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us. So she's got this, she's possessed. She's got this this demonic spirit that's allowing her to uh, do fortune telling and that kind of stuff. All right. By the way, that should give you a clue. The Lord is not in the fortune teller booth. If you need direction, stay away. All right. That's, that's, that's demonic stuff. Okay. Uh, he said, who brought her master's much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. I mean, no, you don't want some people doing your advertising. Somebody know what she said was true. <laughs> but I don't want the 
the demon-possessed girl advertising for us. There are some people I'd rather not advertise our church. <laughs> Clean up your act first. Then we'll give you a bumper sticker. <laughs> Verse 18, and this she did for many days. Many days. She was doing this for many days. Talk about annoying. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. Now, obviously, this raises a question in many people's minds. Why did Paul let her do that for many days? Why not the first day this uh, little witch, you know, <laughs> uh, starts screaming out and advertising for him? And, uh, and said, why didn't he just turn around and cast the spirit out right away? Well, one reason could be is because the girl didn't want to be free. It could be that she's not coming to him saying, could you help me? Could you help me get free from this spirit? I'd like to get this, uh, you know, I'd like to be free from this, this situation. And how many know just because you want someone helped, that doesn't mean you can automatically help them. Doesn't mean even if you're an apostle that you can just automatically go clean all the demons out of everybody. <laughs> that you can just go take care of everything just because of who you are. Hmm. And so it could be that, you know, this girl wasn't cooperating. This girl wasn't seeking help. She didn't want to be set free. But after several days, something obviously changed. Whether it's something that changed in her so he could help her get free, or the Spirit of God came on him through what's called in 1 Corinthians 12 the gift of faith, or what we call special faith. And all of a sudden, he said, you're toast, devil. And then he was able to override through a special gift and get that thing out, out of her. All right. Again, what, why do I bring this up? Well, sometimes you got to wait. I don't mean it wasn't the Lord's will for that girl to be delivered the first day. Jesus had already died and been raised from the dead. It's his will for her to be set free. But what do you, you know, and if she would have came, she, she could have got free. But in this situation, I can't just override someone. What do I do? I keep going. I keep waiting on God. But I know as soon as the Spirit of God starts to move through me, as soon as I see my door of opportunity where the Spirit can move, I can do things in the Spirit, not just in the flesh. Not just because I'm aggravated personally, but I'm now moved by the Spirit of God and things will be successful when they're done in Him. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, look at Revelation 1. Revelation is a singular word. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever recognized some people call it Revelations. Doesn't that bug you? After several days, that annoys me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Revelation chapter 1 in verse 10. Notice verse 10. He wrote here, John wrote here, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. Now, we're not going into the vision here. Just want you to notice. He said, 
I was, what's that phrase? In the Spirit on the Lord's Day. In other words, a particular point of time, he said, I was in the Spirit. What does that mean? That means before that, he was not in the Spirit. He wasn't every day going around seeing all these revelations of the past, present, and future. But at that point in time, he was in the Spirit. Now, if you read Romans 8, you'll find that in the Spirit language used there means basically a person being saved. When you're born again, you're in the Spirit. But obviously that's not true about John here. He's using that phrase a little bit differently. He's not saying, I was saved one day. You know, I was just saved that one period of time. No, he was in the Spirit. It meant something different. I remember years ago, there was this minister I knew. It was back when I was in Bible school, and, and this guy who'd been in the ministry a number of years, and so I kind of looked up to him as far as his knowledge and experience. And one day he told me, he said, uh, you know, I was in school, and I was talking to him, asking what he'd been doing that day. He said, I'd been, he said I've been in the Spirit all day. I remember thinking, You've been in the Spirit all day? And I, I wondered what that meant. <laughs> and I thought, like you're seeing angels and the Lord's appearing to you, hearing everything all day. And, and uh, I don't think he actually used that word very, that phrase very appropriately. All he meant was he's been focusing on the things of God all day. And he called that in the Spirit, and it got me all, woo, you've been in the Spirit all day? Wow, I want to be in the Spirit all day. <laughs> And uh, I don't think I've ever been in the Spirit for five minutes. <laughs> but I, I just want to bring out this point. Uh, John said he was in the Spirit. So we know there's a, a distinct possibility of a person being in the Spirit or not being in the Spirit. Okay? You can be in the Spirit. You cannot be in the Spirit. And this is one of those things, like I said, what, what can happen in church what can happen with organizations, what can happen in an individual's life is they begin the right way in the Spirit and they end in the flesh. They start off going strong and going right, but somewhere along the line, they take over. And now they're, the, they're in charge of their life again. Now they're making their own decisions and they're just kind of acting in the flesh without the empowerment, direction, and everything else of the Spirit. Right. And that's what we want to avoid. I, I've noticed um, in some things that I've been a part of over the years, years ago. I, I used to, I'll just tell you what I'm talking about. When I started a few years into ministry, working with youth, I started doing camps. And the way we did those was, I first, we were in a small but growing church, and I was looking around uh, the area for other like-minded churches trying to find out, is anybody doing a summer camp, a youth camp for youth? Because, you know, when we only had like 20 youth or something, uh, you know, it's like, I don't want to do a camp for 20. You know what I'm saying? And so I was looking around trying to see if I could take them to someone else's deal. And anyway... Uh, that didn't work out so well. We did some things on our own that were kind of smallish. And then I started making connections with some other like-minded churches around the state. And we started coming together and doing camps. We'd bring 
30, they'd bring 20, they'd bring, another group would bring 20, and we'd end up having a good size, you know, having a 100 kids or something like that in those, in those, some of those early days. And it was interesting in my experience that with working with youth, that a lot of them did not respond real quickly. Either hadn't been in church or had been in church and they were allowed to be picking their nose on the back row. You know, just not really all in, not really just full on into everything that God was doing. And honestly, it took a lot of time, years, to work with these kids and as more came in and to take them to a higher place. And so we'd get in, we started doing these camps, and I know a lot of times we'd start off and the first night we'd have service and it was like pulling teeth, you know, and it's, we'd crank it up and try to get everyone stirred up and pressing into God and you just couldn't get very far. I mean, you barely got off the runway, <laughs> let alone cruising altitude. And you just, and so you do the best you can. And sometimes the next night things would get a little bit better and people start opening up and the Spirit of God would start to move and things would start to happen in people. And sometimes it'd take you a few nights and then uh, you, later on people are ready to start jumping in and there would be a genuine move of God. His Spirit would move people would get saved and filled with the Spirit and set free and genuinely have a hunger and a desire for God. And it, it was just nice. And, and the Spirit of God would move in services and people would get excited. Sometimes the Spirit of God would move on people and they'd dance and they'd shout and they'd act like they never acted. <laughs> and they'd run and it was in the Spirit. It really was. And what I'd what I'd noticed, those things continued to happen over the years where there was the real thing, God's Spirit would move. And I'd noticed, actually, in recent years, things have gone the other way with those very same camps that I started. And I don't mean this to, I'm not criticizing anyone, but it happens even, this is just us, we can just talk openly, right? Yep. It even happens some with our, with our kids' camps and our youth camps these days is flesh has replaced some of some of the spirit it's not all flesh but now what happens is it's not uncommon to where everyone knows or they've heard you know it's different people but they've learned and things have degraded and now it has become all about a physical demonstration you're having a good worship service if everyone's jumping that's not true or if everyone runs why? Well, because before God moved on some people and they ran and got blessed and people got helped and people got excited and danced and, and, uh, and it was in the spirit and things happened. Now we think that's what a move of God looks like. No, it's not. It's called, just because it looks a certain way, I don't want to reproduce the outward. I want to be led of the spirit. And if it's in a shout and a, and a, and a rejoicing, bring it. I'm all about that. But if it's, in, if it's in doing something else, if it's been waiting on the Lord, you've got to wait for a move of the Spirit. And I think it's important for us to recognize so we don't, over the years, lose the genuineness, the real thing, the genuine article of God's Spirit speaking and moving and manifesting. I never want it to degrade to where it's kind of 50-50, half flesh and half spirit. 
No, I want the Spirit of God to move all the time. It just doesn't have to look like a certain thing every time. Know what I'm talking about? I mean, I, I, and I can, I can tell you there was years ago, especially when some of these things were, were new to me, I'd get around certain groups, and after a while, I got so excited about those type of uh, rejoicing atmospheres. And when people would, there'd be a demonstration like that, it would feel like if we didn't get to that, that we were kind of bummed. Like, oh, we didn't have the real good service. <laughs> you know, or things are just, well, that's a wrong approach. Okay? It's not about all about, well, the service isn't really good unless somebody cries. You know what I'm talking about? Or the ser- service isn't really good unless somebody breaks out laughing uncontrollably. You know, they're so full of joy they can hardly contain themselves. Well, the service isn't really good until, until, some, until we dance and shout. No, it's just different kind of service. If the Spirit's God's moving that way, giddy up. Let's flow with it, man. God's, you know, we could teach and give scriptures on all those things, but He doesn't do all the scriptures at once. <laughs> Amen. So, uh, Amen. You know, here's a scripture. John, you'll need to turn there. Jesus said in John 6, verse 63, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. That's interesting. It's the Spirit who gives life and the flesh doesn't, it profits what? Nothing. Nothing. That's why I don't want to do anything in the flesh. What do I mean in the flesh? I don't mean in my body. You know, God moves through our physical body. Our physical body is involved. Talking about fleshly means and motives. Kind of like kind of like uh, God came to Abram and said, you're going to be the father of many nations. Remember, he was old. Sarah was old. She was barren. Just kind of, you know, quickly through that story. And uh, at one point, Abraham took things into his own hands. Didn't he? With the, uh, with Hagar. She was the, concubine the Sarah's servant yeah and 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 he thought well I've got to help make this promise from God come to pass and so he had Ishmael and now we're in war now our country's at war with Ishmael's descendants hmm what happened well God gave Abraham, Abraham a promise he tried to fulfill it he got in the flesh and tried to make it happen all right, let's let God do things. Now, that doesn't mean we don't act or we don't yield. He moves on us, we step out. He moves on us, we yield. And the Spirit of God manifests. But we don't just do things without Him. Make it, make it a, a principle, a standard in your life. And you're not going to live without the Lord. You're not going to go days without consulting Him. You're not going to ever be out of touch or out of tune or out of communion with him no I'm always consulting I'm always drawing upon him his leading his direction his guidance in my life always going to be that way you know in the Old Testament you can we won't take time to look uh, in the book of first Kings it talks about Solomon's temple and how they were instructed and how they did so many things with pure gold 
Ever read that? Their utensils and all these things they use in the temple. They were, it keeps using that language, pure gold. It was no impurities, no mixture, no contaminants. It was high dollar stuff. It was nice. But what happened later is when they were invaded and the king of Egypt came in and he took all that stuff. He had, they had these gold shields and all this kind of stuff. And they came in and took away all the treasuries, took away all the gold stuff. And then I think it was uh, Rehoboam, if I'm not mistaken, um, he replaced that, a lot of that stuff with brass. So instead of the pure gold shield and utensils and all this, they had brass. How many know looking at it from a distance, you think, cool, that, it's gold. Looks like gold, doesn't it? I mean, it's shiny, it's nice. From a distance, it looks, looks like it's just as good. And that's what we've got to avoid. That from the distance, looking at everything from the outside, well, that looks just like the move of God. That looks like just like the real thing, but it's not. It's a mixture. It's different metals. It's different other things that have been fashioned to look the same, but when you melt them down, they're not. <laughs> so it's 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 not not the same thing. And uh, and I don't want to have a mixture of the flesh and of the spirit, or or just substitute something that looks good on the outside for something that is good, through and through. That is the real thing. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about back to the beginning. This is New Testament way of life. I learned from the Old Covenant, but I'm not following all their, uh, all their ways and all their worship and all the things that they did to the T. I'm doing everything now at a higher level. I worship in the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit. I'm empowered by the Spirit. I conduct my life by the Spirit. I overcome by His strength and His leading. I'm led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. Amen. I think the Lord's trying to let us know something. I mean, you just read through the New Testament a few times and you'll start to recognize the Holy Spirit is a big deal. But yet, He's a perfect gentleman. He doesn't force Himself upon any of us. He's not pushing us one way or the other, driving us into anything. No, He loves us. He's merciful. He's gracious. We'll be blessed as much as God is able to bless us and be involved in us. But if we want His highest and we want His best, we're saying, Lord, I'm not moving without You. I'm not going without Your presence. Even Moses said that in the Old Testament. I'm not just going to do this on my own. But as Your Spirit leads me, and expect Him to, not as His Spirit leads me and He hasn't led me in 10 years. Blah, we're missing it. <laughs> as your Spirit leads me and I'm expecting to hear, to know, for you to move on me. Amen. It's like in the book of Acts sometimes the Spirit of God would fall on people. He would sit on people. <laughs> you know, He sat on them, Right? And these, this is the way he's involved. So if we're looking to him, we're expecting him to do it. We're, we're making this the, the prerequisite for us to get anything really done. Then watch him accommodate. Hmm. Watch him accommodate. I remember hearing a story of an old-time uh, woman of God who was used mightily in the in the things of the Lord. And it was told about her that she was getting ready to do a large meeting. 
and there were lots of people out waiting and time had come and she was waiting for uh, for the Lord to wait uh, they were all waiting for the service to start she was in the back room and someone overheard her just kind of sitting back there saying crying out to the Lord saying where are you she was waiting for his presence to come on her she wasn't going to go out there until it does and they heard her crying out for the spirit of God like what's going on here <laughs> and then finally they heard her say oh there you are and she went out and ministered <laughs> and I was uh, before Oral Roberts passed away I was uh, in his house a few years ago in uh, Newport Beach and with some other ministers and he was talking to us about a very similar situation he was doing a meeting he was waiting in his hotel or wherever he was and someone was there to pick him up to take him to the meeting and and there were lots of people thousands of people there waiting for him and he just told the young man who was picking him up to wait it's like he didn't have anything yet so he wasn't going spirit of God hadn't started moving on him yet so he just waited just sat there they've started the service like 45 minutes late <laughs> but when he went in things started happening he went in the spirit of God was moving on and things and things began to happen now I know I know there's a, there's a ways of uh, taking a step of faith all right and believing that God will be there but I think there's also something to learn here in people who've known God and they've walked closely with him for a long time and yet they refuse to do something without the spirit of God moving moving them refuse to act without his empowerment his leading his direction amen and let's never substitute that for well I've got a manual <laughs> well I've got a plan I've got okay let's submit all that plans are of God manuals can be of God but without the spirit of God man we're in the flesh and nothing good's going to come of it the flesh will profit us el zippo amen 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 father we just bless you tonight we thank you for your name the name of the lord it is our strong tower the righteous run to it and we are safe lord we run to you tonight we run to you the only wise god the true and living one we're not here to fake. We're not here to be phony. Lord, we don't want anything in the, in the flesh just of our doings. We're trying to make it happen. But Lord, we give ourselves over to you and say, have your way in us. Lord, move through us. Lord, move in us. We yield ourselves as vessels that you can use on the job as we sit, sit at lunch at home and of course in our services Lord we give you place we give you the right to rule and reign to direct us and we do yield to you we do give place to you in all that we do we give place to you. We give place to you. We yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. 
And I thank you, Lord, that the gifts of the Spirit manifest in us and through us. We see, we know things past, present, and future. We prophesy and speak by inspiration. Lord, we minister through the working of miracles and faith and the gifts of healings. We thank you for all the different ways and manifestations of you. And we yield ourselves as vessels that you can flow through. We bless your name tonight. Give you all the praise and thanks.